Hey, welcome. We're live. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. Welcome. We're back on Sundays. I'm always thrown off by changes, and I'm just trying to get used to uh, our change to Sundays. It's, it just changes my whole life. It's weird. But it's it's good. It's bad. No, it's good. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. I'm a creature of habit. I'm dealing with a lot of change. And as you may note, we're uh, in a new studio in Somerville, Mass, Union Square. Also, another change. I should be really happy about that. We have a permanent home. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I'm just, you know, creature habit. I'm used to, you know, roaming around the streets. <laughs> well, we're doing good here. Everything's going good. A lot of things happening. Uh, I had to post a poll on our Twitter page, the Young Jerks. I went viral last night. Just out of control. <laughs> We're going to talk about that today. I'm going to read some comments about it. It's about President Trump and the stock market and China. But we also have some great guests here, and we also have some tickets. We've got a lot going on. You can call in. We have a telephone number, 617-702-2542. My name is Mike Crawford. I am the host of The Young Jerks. Really happy to be here. So many things happening. Uh, I don't even know where to start because I want to announce a bunch of stuff. But we're just going to get right to the guests, as we always do, and We'll see if we can get the announcements in. Sometimes we don't get the announcements in. So that's why I'm not even going to tease them. Because if I tease them and then don't get them in, you ask me later what happened. So if we get them in, we get them in. But let's just get to the guests. Because uh, we have some great guests. And uh, I always like to get into the topics of the day. Local, Boston, Massachusetts, what we're doing. That's what we focus on a lot. If it's your first time listening, if you're on Twitter and you're just discovering us from our viral post about President Trump... We also do a lot of work locally in Boston and in Massachusetts, but it's, you know, when the work that we do, uh, we find translates all across the country. So if you're listening in other places, you're asking yourself, why should I listen to this local Boston show? Uh, because I think it, what happens here is coming to you if it hasn't already, if it's not, the same issues that we're covering are happening in your city and town, whether it's in Massachusetts or in Nebraska. Frankly, it's all over the country or even all over the world. We have listeners that listen to us in other countries, Spain, England, France. It's unbelievable uh, to look at the number of listeners that we're getting on our podcast, especially right now. Uh, so I want to thank everyone for listening, tuning in. If it's your first time, definitely subscribe. Check, out, check us out on iTunes, too. Give us a review. Uh, again, my name is Mike Crawford. I'm the host. Uh, we have two guests sitting by right here. Uh, one of them, uh, definitely following her all over Twitter. She made, I don't know if it went national, but it probably did. It, it went all a yeah, viral story, uh, a, a very, you know, important story, a local story. Um, and it's, you know, some people call it's called Operation Clean Sweep. People may be aware of it. Uh, it's, an, it's about the ongoing uh, issue of addiction and homelessness and about what's going on in Boston and what the mayor of Boston and the Boston police decided to do recently. And uh, Cassie was Cassie Hurd is her name, is on Twitter. She's been reporting everything about this. She is my number one source. She is beyond anyone else in the Boston media. She's the reporter on this to me. I mean, there's a couple other people like Cade is another one that I follow that I got a lot of good information on this story. But you and him, like, have given me <laughs> more information on this than anyone else. So I want to really thank you, uh, Cassie Hurd. Uh, and the, what I'm talking about is the wheelchairs. If people saw the wheel, the picture of the wheelchairs going in the garbage with Operation Clean Sweep, Cassie was the one who alert, alerted everyone to this. Uh, so I want to welcome you to the show, first of all. And you're uh, with 
I want to make sure I say this right, SIF-MA now. That's correct. Which is Safe Injection Facilities Mass Now. Yes, that's correct. Thank you for having me. And what's your role? Are you a member or yes. a founder? Or? So um, I'm one of the folks who co-founded the group. Um, there's probably like six of us. We were part of another organization, the Boston Homeless Solidarity Committee. Um, and about three years ago, around this time, um, started organizing for safe consumption, safe injection facilities in Massachusetts. Which we're all about. I mean, we've been asking every single candidate that has come in <laughs> to the studio and uh, we found that most of them are supportive uh however That's it seems wonderful. like a lot of the incumbents aren't which we're finding and we have finding found different the ways. same thing so we want to <laughs> talk about that because i'm learning yes. a lot from you following your twitter on what is some of these incumbents are saying it's very interesting and it's uh kind of interesting how some of them maybe uh won't come on this show so it's going to be very interesting the next few months here and i think this is a big issue so uh before I ask you more about that and, and especially the picture of the wheelchair and, and that issue and everything about this, I want to make sure that we get Aubrey in here too. Uh, Aubrey, you're with the Boston U Users Union. Which I also follow on Twitter. And again, I get a <laughs> lot of good information from you, uh, your group, and you're also with uh, CIF. CIF, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm another co-founder. Yeah, you're another co-founder. It's awesome. So, um, so tell us like, from both of your perspectives, like what is happening like today? If, if, because we've, we've seen this sweep that's been happening, um, but it seems like it's gotten worse in some ways because it's now more dispersed in the city, but I don't know because it's like they cover it for a week in the local media, but now no one's really talking about it. Like what is going on uh, today on Methadone Mile, on, on that street, was it Garrison Street? What's it? Oh, uh, no. Atkinson, Atkinson, Harrison, Mass Ave area. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just came from there. Do you want to share, Aubrey, or do you want me to share? Yeah. Oh, um, I, do you want to talk about like what 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 happened the you, night we were there? Why don't you share what started? You know, just today, because I think today, uh, you okay. know we're, we're gonna get to all that other yeah. stuff. I want to okay. get back to that for people that yeah. aren't aware. But I think some of our listeners know kind of what went down over the last week or two or it whatever it's 25 been. days yeah it's still counting what's yeah. happening today though like when you go down there has anything changed is there anything positive happening is it a mess has it gotten worse like it, um so one one big thing that's changed is um people are missing like we're we're not able to find a lot of folks that are previously were accessing services in the area um, there was basically like a, an encampment or folks that were watching out for each other um, and uh, like 75, 80 people in a very small, in like a one street area. Um, and now the the population of folks who are um, on, on the street are using extensive services at the syringe exchange, uh, probably cut in half. Um, there's there's a lot of folks that migrated outside of the Boston area, moved, um, came out to Cambridge or um, or um, Malden, some other spaces, uh, and a lot of folks that kind of like that seem like what I've seen is like people that are kind of like pushing away from the main streets into the into the um, side streets uh, because they they that's you know decreases their risk of harassment by the police. But they're continually being harassed. Um, the there's every day, all day long, um, both Boston police, state police and the Boston Public Health Commission police and BMC police, all of which are actual law enforcement entities, um, have been harassing folks, pushing people from one sidewalk to another, like so just saying, you gotta move, you gotta move, like where, where are we gonna go? Well, you gotta go across the street and in 20 minutes I'll tell you, you gotta move from there, go down the block. 
Um, so it's literally shuffling people from one corner to another to another that have no place to go where they're safe. And we're talking about the Boston homeless. There's a big addiction issue. Um, the mayor of Boston recently decided to sweep them up. Like there's yeah. an area where a lot of the addicts were hanging. Um, some some locals, uh, one of who's running for Boston City Council, Domingo DeRosa, has been going around talking to them, filming them, the yeah. addicts. And he's also been collecting needles and bringing them to meetings. And there's also been a lot of needles in some of the schoolyards, which is a real problem for people who live in this neighborhood. Yeah, and right. the union actually does a lot of syringe pickup um, as part of our what we do. Like we want to keep our community safe for all of us. Um, so I just want to point out like that we do a lot of syringe pickup on our own as, as people who use drugs and folks in the union. Right. And I think it's important to note people in general who use drugs are wanting to keep both themselves safe and other community members safe, but we don't have enough places for folks um, to dispose of needles properly. Um, and if people are then carrying them around, um, they can then be further criminalized by police when they're being harassed. You can't um, bring them to a shelter. Right. You, you know. can't have that sort of paraphernalia with you. So it's sort of like a catch-22 of what are you supposed to do with this? Mm. You kind of stash them in the street. Right. To come back to them maybe later. Yeah. yeah. Which on. is kind of the idea of what's been happening on the mile. Like we'll stash them inside this, you know, in this tent and then that will hide the problem of people mm -hmm. who are surviving poverty. And, um, you, you know, and, and then maybe we won't see them. The neighbors won't complain um, and we can pretend it's not happening and we can right. go back to our lives. And that's really what the Operation Clean Soup is about, was making people disappear. When you say disappear, what, do, you, do you think, about, like, what, I know you said some of them got pushed out to side streets and things like that. What are some of the real negative consequences people, of those? People are getting stopped, um, walking to doctor's appointments, being stopped and uh, have their, their pockets turned out and frisked. Um, people are being asked for IDs. People... Um, there was a couple days ago, uh, I was out with some folks and um, walked by two gentlemen just sitting on the on the sidewalk corner and um, two undercover cops in plain clothes were um, searching down this guy who was just standing there. They like just walked up to him and just, just searching people for absolutely no reason just because they look poor. They look like they may be using drugs in the space and they're in this area. Um, so it, it's, 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 uh, it's really scary. Honestly, it's it's scary. Like for even myself, like um, like I, I don't like it, whenever I hear a siren. Like I worry that someone is going to get hurt or like someone's coming up behind me. Like I was in Somerville yesterday, and I was like, wow, like there aren't sirens, there aren't cops on every single corner. This is wild. <laughs> like how have I gotten to used to this? Like, um, yeah, it's, it's gotten really scary. It's gotten really bad, and it's really unsafe. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of violence that's increased actually as a result. Um, witnessed uh, um, what, uh, what was a pretty scary situation one morning when uh, a, a gentleman's like the gentleman was um, attacking a woman on the corner um, and he was really physically abusive uh, and if that happened on Atkinson Street instead of in a corner that was two blocks away from Mass Ave where no one was watching that wouldn't have happened that guy would have had his butt beat so um, there, there's a very high like, increase of risk for, uh, for women and for queer folks or people who, are, who, who, who um, you know, get harassed in the street. When people are sort of been cut off from their services too, of the providers they're accessing regular, both the Boston Medical Center, 
um, and at the syringe exchange program um, and other sort of daytime providers, even the engagement space, you know, the tent yeah. that's down there. And people aren't able to find their loved ones, um, people they care about, you know, and they've lost access um, to the folks who could potentially revive them if they needed to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can't use your arcade on yourself. Um, and so people really have been just dispersed again. It's sort of a you know, reminiscent of what happened after Long Island where people just lost yeah. each other right. and have no idea, you know, and have been cut off. Now, let's talk about that picture you took. Because the, the wheelchair getting in the garbage can, that, that went crazy. That went, like, viral. Everyone was sharing it. How did that happen? And tell us about the... Because I think you talked to the person whose wheelchair it yeah. was, too, right? Oh, yeah. We've been in consistent contact, sort of... We spent maybe like two hours looking for him the other day, trying to find him. Um, you know, we were there, you know, to observe and to try to sort of shed light on what was happening because it wasn't by any means the first night. This had been a slow progression. And then what happened um, with the corrections officer sort of brought um, things to a higher intensity level mm -hmm. um, on Atkinson Street. And so we were, you know, down there and, um, you know, they were sort of they being like boston police sheriffs there was i think the sheriff's department boston police state police bphc uh police were all down there and i don't know which department it was but there were folks sort of crowded in front of an area in front of the um boston Healthcare for the homeless and um there was a woman pleading saying you know this is my partner's wheelchair and it was very clear like this yeah. was claimed and just you know took it away from her and it went into the trash and you know it, the guy who was actually doing the tossing didn't look very you know pleased to be doing it but like doing his job right um and three three wheelchairs in total were disposed of um and that we saw that we saw right um they did if 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 it were the case which it was not that they were covered in you know urine feces, vomit, blood, whatever, you know, the city's sort of statement is, they should have gone into the biohazard truck that was there. They did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, right next to the dump truck. Was a right next to the dump truck. marked biohazard right. truck. Um, you know, and this, this person, Jared, who needed it to get around, you know, he'd had been hit by a car the week before. Yes, he has a cane and he can sort of be mobile, but like, you know, he would be mobile if he was someone who had a home to sit, like, be in comfortably. Like, he's now someone who has to move around consistently because mm -hmm. the police are forcing him to do so. Um, and so he was able to get one that's a little broken and not in the best shape to replace it. And we've been trying to work on getting him one that's a little bit better. Um, but, you know, he's in a full cast. Um, his leg's in a cast. It's, you know, seeing just two days later, you know, checking in and bringing him. And, you know, we went shopping with him trying to replace, you know, some of the belongings that had been thrown out. Um, his leg was incredibly swollen, his, you know, like cast barely fit, um, you know, and there, as from what he's telling us, there hasn't been outreach in the part of the city, their whole I'm claim. Not, I'm not, Mayor Walsh doesn't care that he doesn't have a wheelchair. I mean. He thinks there was no suite. He said there was no suite. Right. <laughs> it's called the Operation Queen Sleep, but yeah, he was, there was said no it wasn't suite. a suite. Yeah. <laughs> you so. know, there's been some push back too about the wheelchair mm -hmm. i don't know if you've seen this Have oh you yes. seen this? Okay. <laughs> yes uh the boston herald uh tom shattuck and and a friend of mine on on facebook uh cappy i like cappy um but he's got an angle too i mean he's a, a shop owner and I, I can't blame him either you know he he doesn't like the homeless and uh 
addiction on the common because he's you know runs all the push carts and he's mm -hmm. a, he's a merchant but uh at the same time i'm more concerned about these folks on the streets than right. uh, his well, business but but i gotta ask the question because he he's brought it up and he brought it up just recently i think even today uh he said you know took a picture of some of the homeless on the common and said you know look at the wheelchairs and a lot of them you know or what you mentioned you know having urine on them but even bigger than that he said it's a front they're they're using them to deliver drugs and and i don't know it, what would your response to his tweet be on this that one if you if you truly are someone who is saying you're caring about the homeless but like go to community meetings and push for more like meaningful affordable housing with like deep affordable housing right that like could help house folks like be supportive of actual solutions like safe consumption sites and you know more needle exchanges be a good neighbor to everyone whether they're housed or unhoused and you know when we don't provide someone with the adequate resources they need to survive someone is reduced to keeping all of their yeah. belongings in a wheelchair and if that's the means that they have to do so so be it right. like the person that we happened to be with needed it for like medical needs right like we don't know about the other two wheelchairs that were there there was someone that night who like wasn't getting around so well who was maybe a block away and he definitely like didn't want anyone to really talk with him and it was clear so we didn't go talk Probably to him he trust anyone right he just got right. all the stuff taken away from yeah. him. right right thrown into yeah. a dumpster yeah. exactly. with 20 yeah. police you want to talk to anyone at that point yeah i no. know i know i don't <laughs> i'm like yeah. i right. might hit somebody i'm trying not to you know yeah. get too worked up here um like all their property was taken like people lost medications prescription medications they were on like right. uh, court documents all kinds of stuff just thrown in the dumpster because um, that's like how that's what you know how the lives of folks down there are, are seen and it's like trash disposable um and that's that's not okay and that's what that's what's been coming down from walsh and these these community you it know, makes folks. it worse too it i mean it yeah. doesn't make the problem better this is my i want to get more into this uh you know be, but i guess i guess uh, my quick quip on you know, to wrap this up is uh, you have to do more, I guess, than just tag Tom Shattuck from the Herald on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tagging Tom Shattuck on Twitter, unless you're breaking his balls like right. I do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. But because I think uh, the, the thing is, what are, what are they like? It seems like sending the police out who can't do anything except the wrong thing, it seems like, which well, is throw all their crap away and harass people and make the problem worse. What is the solution? Like, what are, like, I know you talked about housing. I know that's obviously a big issue. But what are some of the quicker things and more humane things that could be offered? Everyone talks about services and rehab, but I know a lot of these folks don't want rehab or aren't ready for rehab or there are other issues. W what can we be pushing for? Like, what are some of the, I know these go to meetings, which is big. I think that's what people should be doing. But w what are kind of the solutions that are there that media is not seeing? We're the not cops, talking about. D like to be clear, like the the, the cops, like the, there were police sitting at the opposite side of Atkinson Street every day, all day long. They weren't sitting and harassing people. They were they were sitting there to make sure that no one was hurt. Um, and so there there was a space that was an entire encampment on Atkinson Street, and there was generally Boston police sitting across the street next to the fire station, um, just to be there in case there was an emergency. Um, that 
is appropriate. That's helpful. Like people were, it was a community that was trying to survive, experiencing homelessness and poverty, and um, and they, just having them be there instead of pushing people off the street. I mean, I think um, the the role of and, and the the role of what those police were in, like, was just kind of observing and trying to, you know. Have being the public image of you know, we're here and we're gonna watch to make sure we keep the space safe, um, and that that is gone now. That their role and like people, what folks are experiencing is that um, they're being like uh, like terrorized and kind of like um, the, the the folks are like cops are literally like kind of uh, targeting people. Um, so like when when there was a space that people were able to to just live. Um, and the cops were watching them, and they were okay with that. Like there wasn't, there wasn't big things. If there's a fight or whatever, maybe they'd break it up. But um, this wasn't a big deal until a CEO, you know, there was some was an altercation. Right. Yeah, right. and there's two sides to all the stories there. I think so. Right. And I mean, I think what you're asking is like, what are solutions? Like we know what isn't a solution, right? Of like pushing people away, criminalizing folks, arresting harassing people. folks, arresting people. I think like a main thing is like people need basic like you know, survival, like they need access to clean water. We need yeah. bathrooms that people can use safely. Those exist. We, I would think we would want to, you know, be able to treat people with dignity, respect, and not, you know, further criminalize folks by making and humiliate people by making mm -hmm. them use the restroom outside, right? Um, you know, there's, you know, we have two in Cambridge, you know, not enough, but like, I know in Boston we have there's one by City Hall. There's one by the but like we don't, we have, don't have public enough bathrooms, right? right. Like public. So we're restrooms. talking about like you know because the big discussion now is safe injection sites, mm -hmm. but we didn't even have enough bath mm -hmm. bathrooms. People like, don't have a bathroom. Like, right. We can't like even get stuff like yeah. that right. is simple. Like we're talking about oh, safe injection sites, and we don't have enough public bathrooms. Right. So like just like literally yeah. public restrooms <laughs> for people to use, so they aren't. Or housing. I right. mean, well, housing is another one that yeah. obviously. Right. I mean, for everybody, never mind homeless addicts, everybody is right. needs housing. Now. And, uh, right. Not all these people are, are addicts. A lot of folks are just experiencing homelessness, and they just happen to be using drugs because yes. either that's what they they do, sure. or you know maybe they have a problematic relationship. I think uh, you know calling all folks that we you know Thank you. an entire population of. Yeah. Addicts is a good point because it's not true, room. and and yeah. some people I, I totally get this. I mean, I, I've never been, you know, I don't have the experiences you guys have, but I know, you know, it's hard when you're homeless. Yeah, it will drive a person that has no issues with drugs yeah. to just you know right. smoke more, drink more, Survival. whatever it is, eat more, eat yeah. junk food more. I mean, it's even it's when you're on vacation or traveling. You know, when it's a little more stressful when you're not just at home doing your regular thing, right. work. I mean, this is why working class smoke more, drink more, do drugs mm -hmm. more than the rich folks because their lives are more stressful. Yeah. I mean, this is obvious. So um, thank you for mentioning that. A lot of these folks aren't addicts. Mm -hmm. Some of them have mental health They're issues, people. right? They're, They're neighbor. people. They're, people. They're right. a community. And they just like, this is our neighborhood. Like, we live here. These are all people who live in this in community. Massachusetts. Regardless of whether the, na like the neighborhood business owners like sure. it, these are their neighbors. We are their neighbors. Thank you. Yep. And I, I mean, I think like in the short term, it's like, like we were just saying, like vital needs, like, you know, restrooms, clean water, like shade. There's, you know, people, yeah. it's sort of been like a slow burn in terms of what's been removed. Like the fences went up and folks had no longer green had like space. access to green space to sit. And now everyone's forced to stand and at a community last week. 
they talked about removing the bus stops so that folks wouldn't sit at the bus stops anymore. So like, taking seats out of the bus stops right. already years ago. Right. So like, just like understanding that like as a human being, people need to be able to rest, to be off their feet. Like shelter isn't safe or accessible to many no. people for many reasons. You know, a lot of the folks you talk to say, you know, they've had trauma in their life and they aren't able to go to shelters or the shelter system itself is re like traumatizing. Oh, I've heard, yeah. yeah. I've heard this. I've been <laughs> talking to banned. my friend Jimmy people about stuff like bands. about, you know, cannabis is an issue. Mm -hmm, yep. If someone uses cannabis, you can't go to a lot banned. of these shelters. Right. Uh, if you have a little issue, a little verbal yep. issue with one of right. the staff, they ban you. Like there's yep. so many ways that they... And it, my friend Jimmy, who's homeless right now, he says it's a lack of love and empathy. Yeah, and that's what that's we what need is. is we need to actually, which you said, I think, many times already, is treat people with respect. Like, do you actually give a shit about them? Like, they're humans? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so, definitely... Uh, you guys are all like you. I, I love you for being here. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for having us. We so appreciate and you. And fighting for this, uh, like city council. Oh, they've been having some. What is? What are they calling this? The so task they're calling them working sessions. Working sessions. Um, the committee on homelessness, mental health, and recovery. I think is the committee, um, and it's chaired by Anissa Sambi George, and then Tim McCarthy is the vice chair. Um, and the f they had a meeting back in January, and um, they convened a meeting about a week after things happened and then had another one this past week or working session, excuse me. Um, and it sort of was just sharing amongst themselves. I've been overly critical of it being sort of a thoughts and feelings conversation yeah. rather There's than no sort planning of- planning that was put yeah, into this. Yeah, rather than planning and data conversation. Let's <laughs> all um, yell about this in a large room. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I understand due to open meeting laws. Sounds like the cannabis issue all over again. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, we don't want experts that know what they're talking about. We're just going to throw up our opinion, right. no matter how ignorant it is. Right, and I, I understand open meeting laws, they need to meet where it's accessible to everyone, but also, like, let's have some real information at the table. And bring um, the people that know the answers to the questions you want to ask to the meeting. Like right. when you're you're not asking any people who use drugs or any people who live on the mile mm -hmm. to be at these meetings. Like, and you want to talk about the lives and the community that 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 that's our neighborhood. Then right. maybe it makes sense to have some of us there yeah. to answer some questions if they had them. Totally logical. <laughs> you know? yeah. That would be what I would think makes like sense. But they don't do that. No, no. You know, I think like when uh, going to Toronto, you do instead. talk like because you. I mean, you're representing. I mean, they have to see you on Twitter, Boston U User Union, uh, your other group. Do, like, you must reach out to them on this, right? We yeah, we, and we've tagged. Um, you know, Boston Users Union has has tagged Salvi George and some of the other counselors and you know been been is yeah. critical like look this is about our, you're talking about our lives you're talking about our community you're talking about us we don't have we don't have a voice in this conversation and they're not having a discussion with you she's no. not a, a sabi george no. city council the one person is not having a conversation not with you. no no she hasn't you know who has though rachel who? rollins rachel yeah. and she's really she's i really respect that the the day after the incident on atkinson street when I, no, the day, yeah, I heard that there was an arraignment that morning. I went down to BMC, uh, and I, I sat in that courtroom, and I watched as the 70, 
Suffolk COs came in in their uniforms with their arms crossed, standing, really intimidating everyone in the courtroom. People were, there were literally people coming in the doors who opened the doors and then closed them and walked yeah, away because they were like, what the oh, hell yeah. is oh, going yeah. on in there? Yeah. Like 70 people. It's so intimidating. It was really intimidating and it, it was, it was scaring people. But anyways, afterwards, after the, um, the arraignments, she came out and started answering questions to the media and I'm like, look, look, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Will you commit to having conversations with the drug users who live here? And she said, yes. And um, she did. So we, we've met with her twice now. Um, and I think, you know, having a working relationship and having, discussing what the situations are from our perspective and from the perspective Critical. of other folks who are living in the space uh, and using these services is really important. It is. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So this is the district attorney, Rachel Rollins, has done it. Have any other Boston city councilors um, None. Michelle Wu Michelle reached Wu? out um, to me, and I had said I'd been in conversation with folks. She was on her family vacation the day yeah, after it happened. Yeah, she's on vacation, but she's back yeah, now. she's back, yeah. and so it sounds like she wants to be she in conversation. We'll see. Mm -hmm. um, Anissa has, like, spoken with us a little bit after these meetings, sort of because we showed up. Um, we pointed her in the direction of some advocates she can speak she with. she said some troublesome things. I mean... She is already, to me, indicating that she's going to be a roadblock against safe injection sites. Right. Well, so we met with her. I was actually looking back trying to see how long ago we met with her. She was our first meeting as an organization um, in 2016. Yeah. So she was our first, aside from meeting with um, one of the senators, uh, Will Brunsberger, we met with her okay. because we knew, like, this is a committee she has at the city yeah. level. Folks are immediately going to assume the first safe consumption site would be in Boston. So, like, we need to meet with her. And, um, you know, she was very opposed and I, I believe remains opposed. It sounds like she's doing some more research by going to Toronto this week. It's hopeful. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I hope I she, mean, she, she is going to Toronto. Yeah. yeah. She's going to Toronto. She already went to Vancouver, said she was not impressed. We gave her more information and contacts of folks that hopefully will impress her more with the abundance of evidence-based yeah. information that shows how it improves the lives of people who lose dr use drugs and the spaces and you know, her big concern is connection to remission recovery. Um, and though it's not the purpose of harm reduction and safe consumption sites, people do have increased access and success. To recovery. Yeah. 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 Through safe injection. Right. Like some of the things I want, let's talk about safe injection because this mm -hmm. is coming up a lot. People are still scared. There's still a lot of arguments about it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like uh, Domingo Starosa, mm -hmm. who we mentioned earlier, running for city council. He's, he's come out against it. Mm -hmm. uh, he's saying he thinks that it will allow dealers to set up outside of the safe injection site mm -hmm. and that the areas that will get them like Roxbury um, or, you know, anywhere in the, you know, Boston, that's where the drug issue will be the worst again and that those residents and those neighborhoods will suffer the most. Um, and that seems what, like kind of what Asaba George is saying, too, because she's saying we'll need like 30 to 50 of them. We can't have them in one spot. So how do you respond to that? that I mean, too. we'll take 30 of them. We'll I know we literally will first like <laughs> this is so safe for people. Right. Yeah, Folks, and I, after that meeting, we're trying to decide like, what does that mean? Like she said, 50 to 100. What does that mean? And then I thought like, what do we have 50 to 100 of in Boston? Like Dunkin' Donuts? Like mailboxes? Like what? We don't have that many community health centers, you know? Um, and that's certainly, you know, I think likely to us, you know, what is impactful is very different from what would be impactful to her, mm. you know? preventing, you know, we have at least six overdose deaths a day in Massachusetts. So like those being prevented, at least like one would be, you know, great. And that would have a huge impact, right? 
Um, and not just the overdose, but the the co- like called other substances and interacting with uh, like the the supply on the street of a lot of different substances are is so varied and mm-hmm. absolutely wild right now. Um, there, there's some there there's some testing being done with with um, to to see what's actually in the in the drugs. Content. I think this is important because yeah. I've seen some minds even get changed on Twitter and Facebook about this when people realize what you're talking about here. Yeah. And so the safe injection sites when they go in, so an addict goes in there brings in their drugs mm-hmm. or a person goes in there. Or a person. Thank yeah. you again. <laughs> you keep correcting me because I I'm I screw <laughs> up a lot and then that's, that's so part good. of the show is because it's okay too you know yeah, to right. be We're all learning. especially We're all if you want to yeah. get better like i yeah. think that's what we all need to do yeah um you know i come from a place where my language isn't always perfect unfortunately i try um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so Aubrey, when they someone goes in there with their drugs mm-hmm. they don't know what it is they think mm-hmm. it's heroin or they think it's this or that and then they test it and what are they finding out so people can find out that there's no heroin and it's all it's only fentanyl. Um, we've been finding some really weird um, di- like benzodiazepine derivatives, um, a whole bunch of different fentanyl analogs. Um, there's there's been some actual heroin that has been found in the supply and tested to prove and showed positive for heroin, which is very surprising. Um, the the last time there was you know that people saw like actual heroin on the street was probably five or six years ago, um, in at least in Boston. Uh, so so that's interesting. Maybe the supply is changing. In that in that case, it would be it would be a healthier mo- uh, move uh, when people have access to a supply that is safer and, and doesn't have such sh- sharp peaks and troughs as fentanyl does. Um, it's it's a lot easier to sustain your life and be able to, to, to use safer. So I, th- I think that's really, and it's really important just as in terms of like uh, human rights and kind of like healthcare, like if people have the right to know what's in the substances they're consuming um, and regardless of what they're they're illegal or not. Um, we know what's in like our, our drinks. We have nutrition labels on uh, all of our beverages and even on beers and wines, you know, so why, why not know what's in the substances we're consuming if we're purchasing them from someone we don't know or who doesn't know whether it's in them themselves. And so. this has been like uh, a movement I became aware of, like in the concert scene, like yeah. in the music scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even like groups like I think Pearl Jam have even like uh, dabbled in this and mm-hmm. supported yeah. this cause because, you know, a lot of times uh, there's been deaths at concerts yeah. and graves and clubs where people come in and they uh, get some drugs mm-hmm. from s- someone, you know, passing yeah. out the drug, and it turns out to be something else, and people overdose, and they yeah. thought they were taking one thing, and it turned out to be something else completely different, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of times they're offering now testing yeah. yep. for people of conscience, because I've, I've even been in that situation when I was mm-hmm. a youth, I've got to be honest with you, um, where someone handed me something, we, you know, we wanted to do something, and I looked at it and I said, ah, this looks funny. I am mm-hmm. not taking this. And that's exactly what I thought. I was like, I have no, no idea, idea what this is. Mm-hmm. It could yep. be cyanide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it looked like, honestly, it looked like a NyQuil. <laughs> I'm like, that looks and like it, a NyQuil. It, like, it probably and was. And it probably you know? was. Like, but this is like uh, the thing. Like, well, wh- why can't we? Because a lot of times if we have that knowledge, we'll make the same make decision that I made choices. that night is I'm just not going to take this because yeah. it turns out it's fentanyl or or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, you know, like you don't, maybe it's something that you don't even want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and people then have the ability to make the decision for themselves and use safer, right? They can use less um, or, you know, choose not to use what they have. 
Um, and they're also being observed, right? So like no one's assisting them, no one's enabling them. They're, you know, people can observe them when they're using. And, you know, we have, you know, spot on the mile where folks can be observed after, but people are going down so quickly that they need to be observed while using. And mm -hmm. so that's an advantage, but also people get connection to broader care. And and I yeah, think I think observing is yeah. so big. I, I want to make sure I drive down because I've had friends. I know a lot of people have had friends that have died alone in bathrooms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because nobody was there. Nobody, nobody was there. Yeah. So when it had been there, maybe they'd be here. Maybe they'd be clean. Maybe they would even acknowledge that they had an issue that you didn't even know about as a friend. So... It does make a difference. I'm starting to cry. I, I can't help it, you know, because yeah. it makes me really mad when people don't care. Like, no. because I've had, how, how haven't you all had friends and neighbors who have been messed up by drugs or alcohol or mental health issues and gotten it together later? And mm -hmm. they almost didn't. Like, right here. I'm doing pretty good. I know a lot of people like this. You, there are, you can't be reformed if you don't, if you die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I uh, will take the call. Who's on the phone? Hi, it's Jason Moodley. Oh, Jason, I'm crying here. We're talking about drugs, and uh, I know you're going to talk about your your concert, your <laughs> higher learning oh festival, gosh. the fun part. Thank you. Uh, did you hear yeah. what we were talking about? Did were you just calling uh, in? Ah, uh, no. I just actually was able to sneak away for a second. I just got out of a meeting. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm literally crying now. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> But uh, I, was like, I heard the tail end of it. I was like, "Oh Jesus!" I was like, "I, th I think I caught the call at a bad time." Yeah. Well, we need to change it up because I'm getting too intense. Uh, but we have a couple guests here, and uh, they're great people. Um, and uh, we also have Jason on the phone. And the reason we have you on the phone is because uh, we have this higher education music and arts festival that you're running. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Well, one, one of a handful of promoters. Uh, it's actually been a great teamwork effort on this one for the community. So. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, the weekend, uh, September 6th through the 8th in Lebanon, Maine, which is about 90 minutes outside of Boston. Uh, really huge focus on uh, music, arts, and uh, focus on education as well. So uh, we got 11 interactive workshops up there, everything from how to create your own mixes, where you'll actually get to leave with your own USB drive, uh, to actual growing seminars where you can actually learn how to create your own aeroponics cloner out of five-gallon buckets. So. Uh, trying to take a different aspect on education this time around rather than sitting through a boring lecture, which you're probably used to at some of these other events, trying to give a hands-on interactive experience with the workshops uh, as we head back to school this season. So September 6th to 8th, this event is, and we have tickets right now. We're going to give uh, a pair of tickets. What do we have? Yeah, we got, we got uh, a pair of tickets. You can either go, actually, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to give these away, bro. What, uh, what do you want to do? Say, uh, we, got, we got a couple different options. I know, I know we uh, left you with a couple uh, single-day passes, so people will have the option to do single-day if they can't get away for the whole weekend. Or uh, we also have uh, whole weekend option packages where uh, festivities will begin Friday evening and go straight through till Sunday night. Uh, we got 49 musicians on the bill, uh, everything from EDM to some of the biggest reggae acts out there in the country right now. You have, you have uh, a relative of Bob Marley there, right, performing? Uh, that's correct. Uh, we have his uh, second youngest son, Kimani Marley, headlining the bill Sunday night. It's amazing. You have some great acts on there. Who are some of the other acts? I know, um, oh, I'm going to forget their names. 
Tell me some All of the right. locals. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, some of the locals. Uh, we got the trichomes, uh, the elevators, which are starting to blow up in the area right yeah. now. Um, for uh, rappers and MCs, we got the Red Baron out of Connecticut, which I know is a huge fan favorite. Uh, Jay Murder up uh, for Route 2 in uh, Massachusetts. We got Rebelle uh, coming out of the North Shore. And what else we got? Oh, I can't forget Merther. Homies of mine. Jesus Christ, I almost forgot him. <laughs> but Merther will be doing a very special VIP set. Uh, one of our friends and family of the community, Jamie Rabbit, who passed uh, this uh, past year, so God bless the soul. Uh, we're doing a little special tribute for him Friday night. Uh, nice. Martha will be a special tribute uh, at the end of Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we're going to give a pair, pair of tickets away. Um, you can either get two pair of tickets a Sunday or two pairs of tickets a Saturday if you call in and you want them. And the number is 617-702-2542. It's a higher education and arts festival. Uh, what's the website for this, Jason? Our website for that is uh, www.highereducationfest.com. Perfect. And uh, on there you'll have, you'll have the full schedule of events, workshops. Uh, there's also a little competition that we'll be doing. Uh, Moda Cup sponsored by Humble Family Farm. Uh, we'll be doing the competition announcement for that Sunday afternoon as well. Perfect. And we're also giving away a weekend pass uh, to anyone who rates us on iTunes. So if you want the, the full weekend uh, pass, and that's two tickets to the weekend, so you can bring a friend too. Uh, all you got to do is uh, check us out on our iTunes, the Young Jerks, and leave us a review. Send us a message, prove that you gave us a review, um, and uh, you're in for that as well. But if you want a pair of tickets right now, you can call in uh, later today, uh, as soon as we get off the phone with Jason. Our phone number, again, is 617-702-2542. And if we run out of time on the phone calls, you can also send us a message. If you want the tickets, let us know. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Jason. Um, I, I'm really hoping your festival does well, September 6th and, uh, through 8th, and it's the Higher Education Music and Arts Festival. What's the website again? Uh, website, once again, is highereducationfest.com. Looking forward to seeing you guys up there. And our boy Bobby Nuggs is going to be there too, right? That's correct. Uh, Bobby's actually heading up our educational village this year, so he's, he's put some wonderful workshops together for us, uh, 10 different ones, uh, five each day, Saturday and Sunday. I love Bobby Nug, so uh, that, that's a big deal. I would definitely check it out and uh, Higher Education Music and Arts Fest. Thank you, Jason. No problem. Talk to you guys soon. See you, you guys up there. You too. Bye. All right, we're the Young Jerks. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines. See a lot of comments on Facebook. I haven't read any of them. 617-702-2542. Looks like a lot of people are arguing about... Uh, I think safe injection sites, I'm guessing. Is that what's going yeah, on? Sounds you, about right. Have you read I any of them? Yeah. No, let's see. I don't know. I, I don't want to take off my glasses. We're, we're dealing with too much here. <laughs> I was going to try to read some of the comments from Twitter. Did you see our Twitter thing that went crazy? This Yes, I did. Oh, no, Do we have another phone that. call? Oh, is that you? Okay. That was me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went crazy. I think, yeah, you saw that on Twitter. We posted, uh, I'm going to read this. Uh, yesterday, we posted on Twitter, Twitter poll, is it possible Donald, Donald Trump and his family could be shorting the U.S. stock market, insider trading, personally profiting off his China war, trade war, question mark. We had yes, no, maybe possible. They are too dumb as the uh, possible answers to that poll question. 88% said yes. Uh, it's currently at 6,438 votes. Wow. I mean, last night it was at 1,000, and I was shocked. And now it's at 6,438, uh, 830 retweets, 591 likes. Uh, just people keep responding. This thing is viral, um, and no 
blue check marks, no major media backing it. It's just the people like are really, I think, fed up with Trump. And I think that people really, a lot of folks are realizing that this guy can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. That he is just so untrustworthy. And, and a few people get mad at me. They come back at me and say, this is kind of sensationalist. You're not providing any evidence. It's not scientific. And it's like, no. I posted this because I want to know what people thought. Right. Because I feel like this. And, and I'm not saying I have proof of it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying we can't trust this guy. Like we, we, this, I wouldn't put it past him. He's done things like this before. And so I want to see what people think. And this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I just w- every second we have another response from somebody. And uh, it, it goes like this. If it's something evil, underhanded, dishonest, and cruel, it has something to do with the Trumps. Then, yes, definitely. Uh, he knows he affects the market, so he hedges bets to make money before he is voted out. Biggest scam. Uh, that's what I tweeted yesterday. Uh, Munchkin is driving this as well. Uh, I consider it very likely that they're shorting stocks. They targeted with tariffs or that Trump spoke poorly of. This is one response after another, like thousands of them. Very interesting. If you want to call in on that as well, you can. 617-702-2542. Or the big subject of the day. Safe injection sites. How do we deal with addiction? How do we deal with homeless folks? How do we deal with this Operation Clean Sweep that's happening? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it makes me sick. I really, I, I'm disgusted by what Mayor Walsh is doing. I'm disgusted mm-hmm. that the city council will back him up on um, criminal, criminal, and not indictments, criminal, what do we call these? Uh, criminal convictions. People on the staff right. get criminally convicted, whether you agree w- w- with it or not, you know, on what they did. I, I don't know how I feel about the whole thing, but. These, these folks go on a, the city council, like, this is what they expend their political capital on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Backing up Mayor Walsh when his people get criminally convicted in federal court. His but when, when people get rounded up and mm-hmm. swept yeah. aside and, Losing and they're taking wheelchairs away from a guy who got run over in a, by a car and he's yeah, limping right. around the city and it's worse. They do nothing. They don't speak. They, I mean, what have they done? They, you said they held this little hearing, but... Right, right. And it was, so it hasn't been even a hearing yet. There's been two working groups um, or working sessions of this committee. Um, and there will be more, it seems. Um, but I think what needs to happen is that they bring folks to the table who are knowledgeable. Um, you know, first and foremost, people who use drugs, people who are living on the mile, people experiencing homelessness to see what their needs are. Um, there was a lot of talk at the first hearing, uh, or excuse me, the first working session, um, about coerced, forced treatment, um, which is very problematic for many now, reasons. Yeah. Yes. Really scary. Which I don't um, like. I think that, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's not hard helpful. For, it's hard for, for treatment to work when people want to go. Right. Yeah. Right. It's also a human right. rights issue. It's a human so rights issue. You, you can it's take a person's, like, rights away too. because right. they use a substance that you don't approve of. That's absolutely wild. Right. We know there's also increased incidence of overdose after treatment, you know, mm-hmm. if it's forced. Um, and then it won't and be ultimately yeah, you know, successful. I want people to think about that, too, what you said, the human rights thing. Because I think so many people, I, I come from this cannabis community. Mm-hmm. They'll fight all the way if you bring that up with cannabis. Yeah. But another hard drug. Stops at the cannabis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they're like, you know, I, wanna, I want people to think. If, if they can, do, if they can force you into treatment mm-hmm. yeah. for smoking weed, heroin or whatever drug it is, or being on the street, they mm-hmm. could do it for weed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can do it for, like you said, mushrooms, LSD. Uh, ecstasy, any of these other mm-hmm. drugs that you think are acceptable mm-hmm. right. that aren't legal or semi-legal, 
Um, maybe it's, uh, you know, it could be anything. I mean, w- cr- the people that do Kratom. Uh, Spice. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spice, like the, yeah. the, the K2, people have absolutely no idea what's in this stuff. Like, there's people, like, you know, can, can go into a seizure immediately after smoking that it. That stuff you know. scares me. So, yeah, there's absolutely no regulation. And I, my perspective is that we, we need to regulate drugs. We need to have legal, safe supply of mm-hmm. drugs so people are able to get the drugs they're seeking, and they're able to, able to know the dose, they're able to know what's in them, they're able to use them in a safe space, they're able to purchase them from a supplier that, isn't, that doesn't have any nefarious purposes or is, you know, is being monitored and like regulated by a government energy, entity or something. Like, we need to end the drug war, is what we really need we to do. do. Right. And we need to solve poverty and homelessness and racist class war and on, um, on people who use drugs. So I mean, it's all all these things intertwine. Right? I think it's, it's a it's a human rights issue at the end. And we're just perpetuating, but further criminalizing folks, and yeah. just like this, like you know, increased police response, and just thinking about the amount of money we're spending for a non-solution. Right? It's only making things worse for folks. So I think the the big message for me and other people maybe listening that is. If we want to support, you know, this conversation where we're talking about today, we, we're contacting the city councilors mm-hmm. to ask them to include the voices of mm-hmm. representatives like you at the table mm-hmm. and, and people who are actually being affected by this issue yeah. versus whoever they're listening to now. Is that kind of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're not 100%. listening to the people. Yeah. <laughs> they no, need to be listening to the people that both are, are affected and also know the answers to, to, how, to how to make our community safer. And right. Right. We have. We are the experts a lot of the time. Right. Like people who use drugs, people experiencing homelessness, people who are closest to the pain and the problem mm-hmm. are the experts. Right. But then we also have science, data, yeah. evidence that shows what real solutions are. And we're mm-hmm. not paying attention to any of those things. Right. We're actively closing the door yeah closing yeah. the door and sweeping them under sweeping the rug them away too in a way. yeah get them out of the city is what really <sighs> right what it seems like they want to do push mm-hmm. push it further and further away right yeah. um which this is causing problems in other neighborhoods not neighborhoods that never had you know folks on the street corner right. all of a sudden like in well South this Bend person is lying on the you know the now they're know, upset all kinds of 311 right. notifications about that i'm sure yeah. yeah i think this is not going away i mean this is uh the issue I mean, Boston is nothing compared to other parts of mm-hmm. the country that yeah. are experiencing it even worse. Right. Um, really but this is, you know, I see it e- even where I'm at in the, the sheltered suburbs. Mm-hmm. We see it. I mean, yeah. thi- right. and this is just going to get worse because the stress is getting ratcheted up. The rents are going higher. Right. Healthcare is going higher. Mm-hmm. Cost of education is going uh, This is This brings more stress to people and uh, the more likely that people are going to be homeless. I mean, when yeah. people are, are spending... 1500 to 2000 to live in a, uh, a studio apartment. Not even a studio. Have you seen them? They're called yeah, the, the micro, po- the micro yeah, the pods. Yeah. Like they live in Beijing. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing to young people now. Yep. They have no yeah. savings. Millennial villages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these aren't like, you know, these are people supposedly with education right. that we're treating like that. So, right. how are we treating people who are really getting left behind socioeconomically and that have other issues as well? It's just, uh, this is a tough world right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure is. Like people with that have like subsidized housing vouchers can't afford to live in the communities they've lived their entire lives because right. the the rents have gotten so high. People are forced to move out into the suburbs, uh, like Braintree and Quincy, and then further out, um, just because they're not able to live in the communities anymore. Mm-hmm. The rents go up. 
push right. folks out who've been living there forever and right or people get a voucher you know after waiting for years and even you know folks who are working but still need the voucher yeah. and then get it and they think it's this golden ticket and then you can't find anything with that voucher it takes and you lose six months it can take yeah. over six months to, to get an empire like I, yeah it's very very difficult now uh pretty much close to wrapping up but i want to ask a couple more things uh, like joe curtatoni came out yeah. mm -hmm. mayor of somerville uh for safe injection sites mm -hmm. um, he did is like how did he get there and mayor walsh isn't there yet even though he's mayor walsh it seems like he's going that way right how, i mean in, in boston it seems like there it's going to be more pushback it seems like then you just not even beyond walsh too like even the other rest of the city council right. how do you get them to, i mean to joe get i where think joe is looked at it very practically mm -hmm. right like and he met with folks yeah. including aubrey um, who are experts, right? He met with people directly impacted. I think he's also, and not saying the mayor hasn't been meeting with people who we may not know, right? Um, but it seems like he didn't do the moralizing around it of like feeling as though it's enabling or it's wrong or, you know, it, he just said like, th if this is going to save the lives of folks and create, you know, opportunities for access to care and improve people's lives, then we need to move forward. Um, and is for all intents and purposes it seems planning to do so um kind and so relying so on the data it. and the research right. and the facts instead of emotion which i think is part right. of the problem with walsh and so somerville is going to go through with safe injection next year is that right is that what i heard i think that's the goal is by the end of 2020 by 2020 by 2020 yeah. and w did they have a even a a place in mind within somerville or is that like going to probably be the next debate over the year yeah, yeah. i think it's yeah. there's there's a a task force that is currently working on sort of the nitty-gritty details of it mm -hmm. um, and I think what's important to note is like in looking at folks conversations online people are saying like what about like the burbs and it's like well that's not where that's the need not, is that's yeah. the same thing as putting anything where there isn't a need like but especially for folks who typically don't have access to transportation and you know evidence shows that people aren't going to travel you know more than 20 minutes more than 20 minutes so putting it in Athol, massachusetts isn't going to be helpful for folks no. right like you're not going to be providing this sort of service for anyone it's going to go on you so what a joke i mean yeah you put it like, in the middle of the sticks yeah. i mean no one's going to drive out there to get right. their drugs tested to do a safe injection site right right it's and it's not just just testing and, and, and injecting it's also like people having a connection to services and yes. being able to so like when when you're able to go in and they say oh well you know i want to see what's in this this pill say like i bought it any bar like what's actually in this oh shoot there's fentanyl in this panel you know like that's okay. interesting. Maybe I, I, I should think about this before I go see my PO next week and, you know, not, not buy any more Zany bars from this person because obviously they're being pressed. So, like, these, these, these places can serve as, as, as connections for other health and, um, like, health care needs for anyone who, who's, you know, who's, who's connected to using drugs or um, wants to talk about harm reduction or... And, and, and as well as other resources, I think, mean, you know, having uh, the ability to connect people to other resources like housing, talk to people about where, you know, how to, how to go through the process of, of finding a place. And, um, yeah, like, there's a lot of testing, um, like HIV, Pepsi testing, where there's a lot of um, concern around the, the recent upticks in HIV cases in the last year. Right. And, you know, I know there's concern from folks about who are in these communities where there are already service providers, but a lot of the concerns 
that they have, evidence has shown that though wouldn't eliminate all of the problems that they're seeing, it would reduce them greatly. Stray needles, you know, um, crime, quote unquote, right? Like all of that is reduced when you provide people a safe place to use and, you know, get support and care, which we're not doing. People are using unsafe outside. You don't um, want to see people, you know, using drugs on the street corner where, you know, your kids crossing the street, then, you know, maybe it does make sense to have a space where they can use in a safe, you know, location that's, you know, not, not, not going to be a, an, an issue for you. Right. I think no one wants to be, you know, sitting on a street corner injecting in public. I mean, it's really, it, that's, it's embarrassing and people, people get shame and I think there's a lot of shame and stigma that people put on themselves um, when they're in a situation because they don't have much of an option. Uh, and if they do do, you know, w- want to use it somewhere else, it's more hidden. We, we find a lot of people overdosing between cars and f- people are hi- literally hiding. hiding and, 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 and it's, they're hiding not from the police. They're hiding because they don't, they're, they don't want to be seen as, they don't want to have someone see them. They don't want to have a kid the walk stigma. by and see them injecting. But yeah, they're, they're, they, you know, people are ashamed. Um, and that's and that's a big part of it. We talk about stigma so much, but we don't talk about like what what it can end. You know, is is the, the way to get through that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's about talking about shame and working through the shame and ending the shame, um, and you know, being building community. And I think that's that's what the union has been really trying to do is build a community and saying like, no, we are a community. We are people that love each other and care for each other in our neighborhood. I love that. That's, you know, that we also use drugs. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people do, like I said, like I was mentioned earlier, they die alone in that bathroom because yeah. of shame sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't even want to tell the loved ones what they're dealing mm-hmm. with. I mean, I've, uh, we, we get some trolls on, on Facebook and some people are saying, sure. I'm not, I'm going to ignore this commenter now. Some people are shutting him down because they're getting aggravated by him. <laughs> but I think it would read one of his comments sure. just for that fun of it. Ronald Kenny writes, FFS, <laughs> I think we know <laughs> yes. what that means. Uh, refusing to use the word addict, which is in the, uh, what is that called? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, um, quotes. Punctuation yeah. quotes, yeah. yeah. To address a person who is actually addicted to something. Does not have to be drugs. Does the addict a serious disservice. It makes solving the real problem so much harder, especially since addiction recovery can be a lifetime struggle. I don't think we did that. So, so no. I think there's wondering when we did that, but go ahead. Have that conversation. Like, it, what is the difference between a dependency and a, um, a like a, a chaotic use? Like, what I consider chaotic. Like, when I hear the word act, I think of you know like this twelve step thing. Like, you're, you're either one or the other. You're using or you're not. Yeah. Um, and you know that had worked for a very small percentage of people. But um, that's also not the terminology that people use anymore, uh, both in the harm reduction and recovery field and medical field and legal field. So, like, that's just not what people say. People, if, you know, do say, like, substance use disorder or people who use Drug drugs. Dependency yeah. is another one. Dependency. I so, yeah, there's a difference between having a compulsive use of new drugs and having a dependence on yeah. drugs. Like, I'm dependent on having caffeine like, yeah. a couple times I a day. I think it's good to be specific, right. too. Yeah, like, right. that's a... That's what you're saying is like, let's be more specific. Yeah. Really. Right. Like Dependency not just these, because like, I, I sometimes have a way of generalizing things. Just to cut to the chase, I think. Right. And a lot of times generalizing is very patronizing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like a disservice to the c- conversation. And I think that's what Ronald's missing. 
Like, we're not saying that people who are addicts aren't addicts. We're just right. saying that not everyone is an addict and not everyone who uses drug is an addict. Like, right. myself, I had alcohol issues when I was younger. I was never a full-blown addict or alcoholic. Right. But I, even to this day, you know, I know from, for a fact that you'll... You won't see me anymore. Back in the day, I, I was a pro- what they call a problem drinker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I get drunk, I will become a problem drinker again. Yeah. So I don't get drunk anymore. I like the taste of alcohol. I realized that I could just enjoy one drink and stop mm-hmm. and choose my limit. And if I'm partying, t- you'll see me have two. I'm going nuts. I'm having two drinks. But that's it. Like, see, for me, it works. Most people yeah. moderate. Yeah. Most people but are I was not moderate an addict. You know? And this is, everyone's got different little stories yep. like this. Some people will say, yeah, I was an addict. I was addicted. Mm-hmm. And what does addiction mean? Like you're mm-hmm. mentioning, dr- you know, between dependency and obsession mm-hmm. or compulsion. Yeah, I mean, right. am I an addict if I use like two times a month? Does right. that make me an addict or does that some make people me a person it is. who just you use cannabis drugs? twice a month? Uh, <laughs> some families say you're an addict to deserve right. to go to rehab. Yeah. Which right. is a disservice, I believe. I don't think that's addiction. And do I, does that mean do I have a physical dependency to THC? Or is right. it just because, right. you know, there's something else? Like, what, what is that? What's the underlying so, thing? Yeah, like when we take out that word and we talk about, like, the facts and, like, the, the specifics, I think that's really when it gets more interesting and it makes more sense. Excellent. Uh, someone uh, posted, I'm interested in festival ticks. Then call in. <laughs> do we have the right phone number this week? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Every time we change our phone number... People stop calling. But last week we <laughs> had a lot of calls, didn't we? Badly. Yeah, we kind of did. 617-702-2542. I don't know if you've been flashing that number, though. Yeah, have? Okay. Call in. 617-702-2542. It's much easier to get through now because we've got a new phone number and people don't have it plugged in their phone. So the tickets are all yours. You've got to call in. Don't take the easy way and be like, hit me up after. <laughs> I want the tickets <laughs> because I'll probably just hold them over to the next week. We've got plenty of time to give away these tickets. <laughs> And they're worth some money. Uh, yeah. $75 a piece from these it's ones and 125 for the other ones. So these, these, this is a big weekend of, uh, you know, you got one of the Marley sons there. Yeah. You got to yeah. check it out. Yes. Again, we'll give out the number, 617-702-2542. If you want those tickets, Laura, call in. You got to use your phone. Get off the Facebook and call <laughs> in. Wait. Oh, Laura writes, Mike, your podcast is worth every penny of the subscription. The episode is outstanding. Yeah, but if you want the tickets, Laura, <laughs> you got to get off for a second. <laughs> Call in. Facebook. Yeah. 617-702-2542. I would love to hear from Laura Saylor. She's a longtime listener. I don't know. She may have, may have called before. Uh, Ronald's getting back. He says, pretty sure you did say addict, Mike. Something about. I, I just didn't address it. Yeah, an addict goes <laughs> in, and then Aubrey corrected you to use person instead. It is not oh. trolling to say, wait, the glossing over the truth or something by using a nicer word helps no one. That's not that what we're doing. It's Ronald, you it's need to learn how to listen, bro. <laughs> That's not what just happened. We just discussed it, and you're responding to us. Dude, right. you need to listen. I think you're addicted to not listening. You have a serious addiction to not listening to the conversation. It's compulsively not listening. And, <laughs> and it's not it's just us in the studio this saying this, it's people online saying this. They're laughing right. their asses off. People are like, we gotta shut, we gotta shut this Ronald Kenny <laughs> down. And I know that you have like a valid point of view in some respects and you have your own life experience, Ronald, but sometimes you just gotta listen. And, and right. that's real for a lot. A lot of people have that. Like, I, 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 I'm on methadone. I go to the clinic every morning. And, and there's people that, you know, use this language because that's what they were told. And that's what mm-hmm. they grew up with. And that's what works for them. 
you know, or, or maybe it doesn't, but like that's what they use. So, you know, and I think we all learn to use different language and think about things differently. And that's, that's part of growing and learning and being human. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. Me right. too. Yeah. I think being more precise with our language too, especially uh, when we're doing a show like this, yeah. right? Is a good thing, I, right? I don't well, in understanding for many that there's, there's stigma associated with yeah. it, he thinks that there's a gen- an agenda that we want to coddle people and that there is no. no agenda. It's mm-hmm. about being precise. Some people who are down there, homeless, are not addicts, yeah. right? Some people just they you know lost their whole family, they got murdered, they got raped. There's all kinds of things that happen to people. They lost their jobs. I mean, mm. they got medical issues. Or people that like, are survival sex workers and use they, drugs they, to be able to work, you know, I mean, handle the trauma uh, and to be able to continue to work. Or people that, you know, are not able to have a safe space to sleep at night. And so that instead of risking being raped or sexually assaulted, they use meth so they're able to stay up all night. Uh, and try to sleep in the during the daytime. These are things folks do to survive. These are survival techniques, and like to take those away from people and say that those are those are wrong is is really is is really interesting. Like just saying like, well, you you don't understand their experience. Obviously, you need to start listening, mm-hmm. listening. That's what we do here. Yeah. I learn so yeah. much by just listening to people's stories. Right, we all do. Right, yeah. it's how we all listen, and you know, can you know be better, and I think in this case, be better neighbors and you know, truly help folks instead of, you know, continuing to harm. Yeah. And I think that the, a lot of times the people that don't want to listen, they have their own experiences, their own right. stories. And I think that they just have to remember that your experience is important. Yep. It does have something to say, but you also have to realize other people also right. have things to offer just mm-hmm. similar. And that's the magic of this world. It's like a collective thing going on here where we learn from each other through life experiences. I think that is the biggest thing. Um, I look at the war in cannabis and how we changed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the politicians. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the media. It was the people. And how yeah. did the people change it? Life experiences. We all had different right. life experiences than what was being shoved down our throat by the big brother and the government and the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. said, this isn't right. And I think that this is where it comes from with this drug issue is that we have to start listening mm-hmm. to people who have the experience yeah. and they feel right. like you. Yeah. And, the, and the folks that you're advocating for, because I think you know where the solutions are more than right. these jokers. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is an important like, podcast to be like that, that people who are working in uh, legalizing marijuana. Um, like th- there's a lot of concern about folks that were that worked for that for so long, including like organizations like the Drug Policy Alliance, put a lot of money and a lot of work into that. Um, and there's a feeling from folks that do harm reduction work with people who use drugs that, not, that aren't legal now um, that kind of folks have just kind of disappeared. Like, well, marijuana is legal, so we don't need to fight the war on drugs anymore because the war on drugs is okay because right. it's just those people. Like, the, uh, those drugs are not okay. So, like, no, like, we really do need to talk about ending the war on drugs in its entirety. So I'm, and then I'm really appreciative that we're having this conversation. Because just stopping at cannabis is not okay. Definitely. That's not gonna. That's not gonna. You know, talk to the racial inequities that came up with the drug war that are intertwined um, with the history of prohibition uh, for hundreds of years. I think um, these these are these are issues we have to deal with as a culture and as a society. And we have to start working through them all. And we need to end the war entirely. We need to stop the drug war because that's harming us. That's killing people. Literally killing people. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to leave us with today to 
No, wreck thank people you. to do? I mean, I think, I guess one thing, and this could like probably start a whole conversation of like, we've seen since this started a whole uptick of folks taking photos of people and sort of their own surveillance of folks and sharing them. Um, any sort of taking photographs, videos, anything like that of folks, like even if your intentions are good and saying like this person is suffering without someone's permission, uh, that causes harm, right? So like, let's be a good neighbor by like communicating with someone and interacting with someone and seeing if you can help them directly, not by unintentionally increasing surveillance yeah. for I folks. I feel you. It's <laughs> yeah. incredible, um, amazing how many times you'll see people driving by like, the intersection of Mass Ave and Millionaire Cass, yeah. their cameras on while they're like driving yeah. on the steering wheel. Yeah. Like, oh gosh, one like, car. See, that's weird like, to like me because I'm always someone that will ask. Yeah. You know, even if I'm filming and they say no and they'll say, all right, don't worry about it. I'm not going to use I mean, I just wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what, it's just, I don't get that, especially if you're not like paid by the Herald or whatever. Right. I mean, if you if you have to eat, I guess. I mean, it's a good. <laughs> but I'm not relying on eating from the Herald. I'm not working for the Herald. Good. <laughs> good. No, but thank you so much, and I mean, yeah, we so you. appreciate you having us on. And thank you. Thank you know, you. it was funny on the way in. I almost stopped. I had the weirdest, the weirdest moment driving in here, and I, I was kicking myself. I said I should have drove back. That was probably going to be the biggest viral moment ever on video, but I was driving through in here, right? And uh, I saw a guy with a Trump sign saying Trump won fair and square. Okay. Three women were crossing the street. And guess what they were wearing? Full, full what do you call that? The oh. burka? Oh, gosh. Huh. And they were talking to him. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, imagine that. That must have been a conversation, yep. right? Yep. Mm -hmm. well, it's Somerville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, there's a Thanks. lot of Arabs in Somerville. Yep. So, I mean... I, I wonder. I wonder if that's a viral moment right now on YouTube. I wonder. But I, I, mean, I and then I was I like, hope you they know, pass by incident free. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I was like, I should have just taken a picture driving by, but I don't do that because I'm right. driving the car. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. But that's yeah. that's when you said you know driving yeah, by yeah, to yeah. take a picture. Somerville has a lot of diversity in, in, in different way than Boston does. You know, I think there's that that's a really interesting image of you know the different cultures in Somerville and interacting. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank uh, you, Aubrey so from Boston Us Users Union. Yep. I said that right. And uh, Cassie Heard. And you're on Twitter. Are you both on Twitter? Yes. What are your Twitter? Do you know your Twitter handles and all that? Uh, mine's Classy Miss Cassie. Yes, <laughs> you can that's just right. Yes, classy Miss Cassie. You can just Google my name or yeah, Cassie Heard. Yeah. H U R D. Mm-hmm. Um, Aubrey A U B R I. Uh, Esther's, but I, I tweet for Boston Users Union, BOS Users Union. Oh, I know that. On Twitter. I, I follow yes. them too. Yeah. That's we're, we're, we're that's yeah. <laughs> Boston, say the Boston Users Union again. It's at BOS Users Union. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so you guys are doing great work, and it's also SIF uh, MA now yes. that you started. You're yes. part of the co founding group, and yes. there was a bunch of you. and. Uh, do you guys have regular meetings? Like, how does that work yep. too? We meet every Sunday um, from 10:30 to noon. Folks can we're at now at gmail.com. We also are um, on Twitter and Facebook, so folks can reach out to us there um, if people are interested in getting engaged. When do you around. meet on Sundays? Like, where and when? We, we meet downtown no. Boston. Okay. Park Street. Park Street. Um, by Park Street. Yeah. Cool. If I if like could I come out and interview some folks? Would people want to talk? Do you think or not at those meetings? Like, um, how does that work? 
our meetings lately have been pretty packed, but we can find a time where we can mm. talk. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so busy, that's my problem. I always end right. up getting last-minute customer calls. But you yeah. never know, Saturday and Sunday is sometimes a little slower. And mm. Right, right. You never know. So yeah. I would love to come out and yeah. check it out. Yeah, that would be great. You guys Definitely. are doing excellent work. And people can just show up every Sunday and that? Yep. And now, again, how do they say it one more time so if people want to write it down? Um, so it's sifmanow at gmail.com is our email. Okay. Um, or folks can, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Sifma now. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Thank uh, you. We didn't Appreciate give away the tickets. People are still talking about you calling in. Take these tickets. Right. In. This is, this is Nobody's listening tickets. to the like, very succinct directions yeah. you're giving. No, they don't. Shoot, uh, you know, and I make the stoners follow the rules because they'll get a, like they'll be like, "Oh, come on, just send them to me." And right, right. No, no, you have you to follow my that. rules. Right. I'm a dictator on the <laughs> show. <laughs> the one thing I can be a dictator. All in. I am like Trump. Well, I hope someone calls in before. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I want to thank that President Trump for being such a jackass this week that we got a lot more followers on Twitter and got our biggest viral post poll at whatever you call it. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> and yeah. it just shows that people do not trust President Trump. So right. congratulations, Trump. Good call a year before your election. Uh, we usually don't do national stuff, but we're getting more into it because... I mean, it just, it's just so sickening. Do you mm -hmm. want to have any comment on that? Or are you just focus on the local? I mean, I mean, it all, I mean, I think it's all trickling down, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and we need, we need to do better. We Across certainly the do. Yeah. 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 There was Across someone the spray painted down, we were down the, um, uh, one of the buildings down there by the mile, just do better. That was yep. all I said. And I think that's <laughs> like a perfect summer. Like, this is what. Like, this is what needs to happen. We just need to do better we by each other do. and by yeah. our people of our community. We certainly do. I want to thank everyone for uh, listening. I want to thank our guests. We actually do have a lot of listeners online. I'm going to give out the number one more time and give you, like, 30 seconds to call in. If it, there we go. See? 617-702-2542. Uh, if you want the tickets, call in. Who's on the line? Hello. Who's this? Hey, Mike. It's hey. Laura. Oh, Laura. What's up? Not much. What's up with you? Nothing. Have you been listening to the show? Oh, my God, yeah. This is an awesome episode. Thank you. And you have any comment for our guests? Oh, my God. They're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I, uh. I know you're... I, gonna, um, okay. I think I had actually um, replied to one of your events or something one time about you asked, you know, if I was able to make food, I'm able to do that. Oh, great. Um, Thank you. I, I really heavily support everything that you do. My son is, is around the Greenfield area, mm -hmm. and he's got a heroin problem. Yeah. So, um, you know, any kind of help or anything mm -hmm. you could use. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We so appreciate you. Thank you, Laura. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that about you, son. Wonderful show. There's also uh, there's a New England Users Union. Um, the, there's another drug user union. That works out there in that that, that area. Um, if if he's interested in looking in touch with them, they do a lot of really good work. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm impressed with you guys. Thank you. Thank Th you. Thank you so much, Laura. You're a longtime supporter too. I love it that you. I think is this your first time calling in though? Um, I think I might have called back like years the, ago during the weed campaign, but um, okay. You know, usually I just watch and 
I had hernia surgery earlier this year, and I don't like to really talk on the phone that way. Ah, so we got you out with the tickets, didn't we? We kept coercing <laughs> you to call. Yeah. Which do you, uh, do you have a choice on whether you want to go Saturday or Sunday to this thing? Um, um, which week is it? September 6th to 8th. I think the 6th is a Friday, so I think 7th and 8th is, uh, what is it, Saturday and Sunday? I would yeah. do the Saturday. Saturday? Yeah. Do you want two tickets? Yeah. All right, they're yours. Maybe. All you got to right. do is hit, hit me up, send me a message on Facebook, and I will uh, email, um, uh, not email, I will mail them to you. Is that all right okay. to mail, physically mail, oh, or do you want to come pick fine. them up from me? Oh, you can mail them because, okay. um, well, I'm going to be um, in the city for the um, counter demo on Saturday. Oh, I won't be there. Okay, but... Uh, I'll, uh, I'll get Andy Goad by the, by not the Antifa, but the right-wing militia. Oh, I know. Yeah, They'll I probably know. shoot me. I know. <laughs> I'll be fine, though. So, um... <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, if you're if you're coming in the city, maybe we couldn't uh, hook up or something to meet up. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little away from the city, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll talk. Yeah, it's kind of. I know you're up on the north shore. Exactly. Mark, Mike, yep, and I'm down here. But um, it's always good to see. Always be good be to hear safe. You. Be safe next weekend. Yeah. Right. Oh, I will. I'll be fine. All right. Well, we'll talk okay. offline, and you got the tickets, and uh, you All got right, the great, Saturday great. tickets. Great. And I will send you, when I'm not stoned, I will send you my um, <laughs> mailing address. Perfect. You probably have it, though, in your records. I probably <laughs> do, actually. <laughs> on your Patreon. Yeah. All right, my dear. Have a good day. You, too. Thank you, Laura. Okay, bye. Bye now. Excellent. All right, our new phone number. Put in your phone book, 617-702-2542. Next week, or well, the next show we do, live show, we will have more tickets to give away to that festival. Um, and also just to have it, you know. I'm not sure. We may take off next weekend. It's a long weekend. I think we're going to. Uh, but we have a lot more coming up. I want to thank, again, Cassie Hurd for coming in. And I want to thank uh, Aubrey, Boston Us Users Union, for coming in. Uh, great guest. Awesome show. Thank you show. so much. So much. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Murphy, behind the board. Brian Murphy. Props up to him. And uh, I want to thank our, our caller who, who won tickets as well, Laura Saylor, and all of uh, the folks who are commenting and watching online. Mm -hmm. yeah. And especially the ones who are uh, saying saying things online, <laughs> which are most of you. Always grateful for that. Yes. <laughs> so we're the Young Jerks. We will catch you soon. If you like what we do, please uh, subscribe. Uh, make sure you leave us a review, especially on iTunes. It's the best way you can help this show more than even money. You can also kick us some money if you'd like through our uh, through our anchor, anchor.fm slash the Young Jerks or midnightmass.substack.com. You can subscribe there as well. But the big thing, and it's free, is just give us a review on iTunes. That like helps us out more than, way more than you can know. And it really does help us get this show out to a lot more listeners. So I want to thank all of our listeners who have done that recently because it has been helping. We got quite a few reviews up there now. So thank you, everybody. Really happy. Mike Crawford signing out. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Uh, keep in mind, we do have a lot coming up. We have a lot of elections. We have a lot of uh, issues yeah. that we're focusing on. But if you uh, want to see someone on the show, you want to see a campaign, you're working on a campaign, hit us up. We're always looking for new guests and new causes. Hit us up. We'll see you soon. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. Hi, it's Mike Crawford, and I'm inviting you to a free special broadcast episode of The Young Jerks live from Verilife, Wareham, on July 10th. We'll be talking about the cannabis on the Cape with local advocates and hopefully some elected officials, as well as featuring product reviews and a video tour of the Verilife dispensary. 
Please join us. It's happening Wednesday, July 10th. We hope to see you there.